Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Comerit's Data and Analytics Podcast. Today we have an awesome guest here, Barry Ellis, who I've had the pleasure of working with for many years and super excited to have him on and go through some of his background and talk a little bit about the future. And so much is going on right now in the world of SAP and data analytics and just technology in general. So without further ado, let me introduce Barry Ellis. How's it going, Barry? It's good. How's it going, Dave? It's going good. So I, there were a lot of requests or a lot of my clients always want to know and meet the different leadership in Comerit. So I thought I'd take a little time and introduce you. And you could tell us a little bit about your background and how you got involved with SAP. Really got started in IT in the late 80s with a defense contract company. Oh, I, I really started learning right away how to use statements for ad hoc reports for the business. I really got started in the relational database world right away. Okay. And within a couple of years, I joined a major big five company as a consultant. So I got started consulting, doing that kind of work really early in my career. Did you set out in college, show to go into this? I, what I, did I, you... Yeah, I was, I was a Bachelor of Science in Information Systems. So it was a new curriculum. It was a mix between business and engineering, software engineering. So it was a perfect background for what I'm doing right now. Just for some of the new listeners and people listening into the podcast, do you have to have a programming background in order to get involved in where you're now focused heavily on data and advanced analytics and stuff like that. I, I not today's world. I think back then it was a it was pretty much a prerequisite, but n n not anymore. I think the skill sets are pretty diverse, and the number of roles that individuals can get involved with are at a lot of different levels. And so there's, there's a more different types of opportunities that are available now, just because the technology is so vast at the moment. It could be you could be in data science, you could be in statistics, you could be in, in your report writing or data gathering. It's just that the opportunities are really, really pretty broad. So I don't mean to put you on the spot, but for some of the people listening that don't know what SAP is, could you give us just a quick 15 second overview? What is SAP the software? <laughs> 15 second overview. Okay. It's yeah, that's yeah, that's put me on the spot. SAP is an enterprise resource planning application that does a lot. It really started out as an accounting package way back in release one. So companies could run their finances on this platform. They started building around it additional modules in terms of processing sales orders and invoicing and things like that. Also materials management. So they started building additional integrated modules around the accounting core functionality. And it's just continued to, to blossom as I think the majority of the fortune, the 500 companies yeah. run it as their back office application. It's been the kind of the gold standard for, for really big companies for a long time. Yeah. Funny things. I remember when I first got involved in SAP, I don't want to date myself. It's been a while, but I, people ask me, what do you do? And I said, well, I work in SAP. Nobody knew what SAP was. It was really interesting, but they all knew what Microsoft was and they all knew what Oracle was. And then later on, I found out that pretty much if you run a company, you run an SAP. Right. I think SAP has done a pretty good job over the past few years of trying to expand their brand a little bit through some sports sponsorships and things like that. So I think it's not so obscure as it was when you and I got started. What was the transition? So it sounds like 
you were did you work for a company prior to going to work for one of the yeah. big fives what was that transition like what what caused you to transition did you reach a certain level that everyone's like we really need your consulting support no it was just the nature of the skill set that i had started becoming really in demand and i found out that uh, through some other friends that I went to school with that there was the opportunity to take that skill set and become a consultant doing it. So I thought it would just as a career advancement strategy, just go ahead and take advantage of that opportunity and start working for some other companies. That led me into other other op other areas where you could apply those technical skills, building like a data mart. I know you've heard of data marts also, Dave. Yep. Then we made a lot of mistakes trying to build that very first one. We took lessons learned from that. And then enterprise data warehousing started to become a really a, a real thing with Bill Inman and Kimball. We started really getting into different facets or different approaches of building a central repository for reporting analysis. So I spent maybe five years in that arena. And then the company I was working with decided they needed to remediate their all their enterprise systems because of Y2K and they using SAP as a Y2K remediation strategy. So that's how I got into the analytics area with SAP is because I brought that expertise to bringing data out of the SAP environment into the data warehouse. What is your core expertise today? You've obviously added a lot over your career. What do you find yourself consulting companies on? I would say having companies really understand what they want and what they need in terms of data and how they would need to present that data for consumption for developing insights and things like that. So it's really, in terms of where I met personally, is a little bit more user-facing and engaging either for individual requirements or or engaging a, a company at a, maybe at an executive level, putting together a data strategy based upon a broad examination of all the different use cases and the types of things that they want to do to help their data strategy blend with their business strategy and support and really support their objectives going forward. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting aspect of what you do. One of the things is what's interesting for me, SAP obviously is in every industry, right? Aerospace and defense, financials, insurance, your sales distribution manufacturing, you can go on and on. You name a company, anyone name a company, Titleist, right? They run SAP. Right. <laughs> Callaway runs SAP. One of the things I found that is very interesting to me, Barry, is I work with a lot of experts and not all of them have that ability to actually guide the clients in helping them make these decisions. Like you're, like you're talking about, this is where you're, you have a special skill set now. What's the challenge? Why is it, what are some of the really big challenges that face these large enterprise clients now when trying to make decisions? with the technology today? What would you say? What is the difficulty? So there's a couple of things that come to mind. One is if you ask someone what they want, a lot of times they just know what they know. Right. right? And then they know what they've done before and what they've been exposed to. They don't know really what the possibilities are. I so, see. Right. So in many cases, the technologies and the capabilities technically have expanded so quickly that they're thinking of this as a, the way that they would solve this problem now they're not aware of new ways to satisfy the same requirements. So they're thinking of things in like in, in somewhat of a tabular form, right? They're not thinking of, they're thinking of data as rows and columns, as opposed to information that help them, help them understand what's going on within their business. 
view it as in a visual way, and then they can take action on it directly as opposed to a very mechanical, I need this piece of information so I can hand it off to somebody else so that they can hand it off to someone else. And then somewhere down the somewhere else down the line that someone makes a decision and they don't care about it. So it's really getting people to think more openly about what kind of actions they're going to take with the information that they've, with the information that they've requested. Let me walk back a little bit. When I first got involved in SAP and I automatically go ahead and date myself as maybe 25 years ago. In my mind, what I thought SAP was this, like the heart and mind of a body where your fingertips and all your senses work together to help an executive make a clear decision. I literally thought the way someone explained it to me was if we got an order, we would know, let's say I'm a beverage company. We would know how much aluminum we had on hand or we needed to order, how much sugar was in process what our shipping strategies would be to get the, a major order out. Do we have enough employees? How did all this business come in through marketing? 25 years ago, I thought there was this dashboard that executives walked in the room and they didn't have to do much for it. They can go on, look at the 18 screens across the wall and go, oh yeah, drill down into that red dot right there since it's blinking and let's figure out what the problem is. That's what I thought was going on. Was that happening 25 years ago or are we still? Uh, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. <laughs> What's funny is that's the way I really envision this thing work. And it's very interesting to me today that I think, isn't that where we're headed? Or is that what we're trying to do now? Many companies are still trying to do that and, and uh, with very with a little bit of success. But it really, if you just think about SAP and its core capabilities, that really wasn't something that was really envisioned from the beginning. It was really just, how do I operate my business? How could I make sure that I account for the orders that have been taken, the accounts receivable that I have, moving materials around so they can be manufactured and shipped? It's just really just the mechanics of operating Basics. business. Yeah, yeah. Just the, yeah. And in fact, it's a great package because it, that's all integrated together. 25 years ago, most companies were had all these custom systems that they were doing custom and to do all that work. And they were, they, all those applications were based upon iterations of their own business model. And SAP's argument was back in the day is that if you want to compete with, let's say your competitors, right. you're not going to out, out compete them on your accounts receivable process. Right. Why don't you just take industry best practice, which is baked into the SAP, SAP and just use industry best practice for all your accounting methods and all of your material movement methods and all that kind of stuff. So just buy that off the shelf and then adapt your own business process to yeah, I know that practice, story. best practice. Yeah. So that's old, I think, SAP. But What's to answer your question, though, that the overarching view of everything that's happening and how things are happening over time and comparing that with, let's say, what what your competitors are doing, none of that was really the main focus. It started to become right. started to become more and more important with balance scorecarding and dashboarding and things right. like that. that. And they're there now, but in terms of... Um, you when know, I was looking at it... When you were thinking of it initially, it wasn't there. So, okay, so maybe I was overselling, at least from my vision standpoint, but let me put a little context behind it. You probably remember this. At the time, so just shortly after, maybe two years into my SAP career, SAP launched this semi-truck. And in the back of the semi-truck, they had this big truck, track, truck, trail, the box trailer. And you could go in, they were driving it around in Silicon Valley, which is where I worked out of. 
and you could go up in the truck and you could see all the monitors, all these screens. And they, that's the vision that I thought has, oh, SAP integrates all your functionalities, all your transactions so that you always know when you have a red light, green light, yellow light. And that's what keeps kept these organizations ahead of their competitors. So maybe that's why I had that vision. But it's just interesting to me now because I think it's where we're headed. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's just go step back a little bit and say over this period that you've now helped these organizations, now we're trying to achieve these types of things. Where, where, can you remember a story where you think you had the most impact and what gave you that capability to help these organizations? I know of one I could tell you, but I'll let you tell yours. <laughs> I know one of yours. I think this may have been the, maybe the most impactful project that I worked on was for a pharmaceutical distribution company. Okay. They were running a massive BBW environment and, and they were really struggling to keep the lights on in, t- in terms of operating that environment. And so we helped them do a gigantic migration to to BW on, on HANA. That was a, you know, I think it was maybe 70 or 80 terabyte endeavor and we got them over the hump. And that really changed a lot of their, their users' perception of what it would, could be like to do ad hoc queries against an in-memory column store database like like HANA and got them thinking we don't necessarily need to use BW as a conduit to feed data to these other downstream data marts and departmental databases. Let's try to repoint some of those Tableau reports to HANA and so it helped them see a way to simplify their over their their reporting landscape so they can use less copying of the information and all look at it in one central repository. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So again, here's another situation. So I've heard you talk about defense, now pharmaceutical. I know you've got lots of other industry background. Is this an instance where they only knew what they knew? And you being able to come from multiple different industries. I know also utilities was in your background too, but but is that an instance where, you know, it was this kind of that? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't think all the different industries that I've worked in necessarily, necessarily, I can take an experience from, let's say one industry and say, and apply that to another. I think they all have their own special nuances. There's always, it's always interesting when you go, when you work in an area that you've not worked in before, you discover new things about, there are new problems that you didn't, weren't aware of that could exist. So I don't think that really had any bearing on, on it, but having worked in multiple different industries, I think that I like that aspect of the job because you're thinking I'm applying these same skill sets across different situations and you get to apply them in different ways. So it keeps things uh, fresh. It definitely makes things more interesting, I would imagine, right? Not that I feel like I'm an expert in all these industries, but I feel like I know a little bit of something about things that are happening in the world. Speaking of which, so where do you think we are headed as a global economy with regards to data analytics and the key areas that you focus on? What do you see happening? A couple things. I think over the past 20 years, our focus has really been on how do we support all of the business processes that SAP support and try to minimize the ability for cut, for users to draw insights on the data that exists there and how can they take action on it as quickly as possible. So the idea is to take the ideas when a business event occurs in the time that you capture it in a repository, anytime you visualize it to a user and they can take action on it, you want to shrink that amount of time so that it's, people can see it right away. 
And there's a couple. Of, so I think that's been the focus for a long time, but I think there's been an explosion of different types of data at number mm -hmm. one that don't necessarily fit within a relational database. So you're talking about streaming data, video, things that are that social media data and how do you use that and within the context of your organization's business, how do you integrate that together? So I think there's going to be a lot more focus on lots of different types of use cases where the data doesn't is not generated by SAP. You, need, you may need that as a context, but you're literally looking at something else altogether, putting data in semi-structured stores like in data lakes and things like that and then merging it together with SAP data, I think there's going to be a much, much a broader focus than it was in, in, perhaps in, in the past. So do you see a future where you brought up some really interesting data produce, producing things now? Like we have IoT devices, right? So things that you're just, they're out there and it's sending data and that can be now leveraged. Video, you could even have video of your foot traffic, let's say if you're a store, time right. of day geographic data, audio data, really anything, right? Events, news and events, Google analytics and data. Right. Do you see that this stuff now in the newest, latest, greatest SAP platform, S4, do you see that we can now start to merge this type, these type of things and get better insights that's more related to a business like unit or organization within an organ within a company do you see that that's this is a re a reality now that well in indirectly and i'll say that or is really designed as a as an enterprise resource planning application it does certain things really well but i would say taking some process pre-processing some of those input and taking some of those observations and scoring information related to foot traffic and certain patterns and then maybe bringing that into bringing that scoring information into, let's say, a platform that SAP supports, maybe not necessarily directly with the S4 HANA, but maybe, let's say, in Data Warehouse Cloud or something like that, or another third-party REST platform, and you merge the data there and draw some conclusions there. Or you can, if there are some repetitive tasks within S4 that could use that information and you could automate decisions around that, that's the whole intelligent enterprise, you could actually think of it in that way. You're going to pre-process some scoring mechanism related to an artifact that is already within SAP and then automate some of the decisions with S4 so that you don't have to necessarily have a human make those decisions. They can, they can be, those decisions can be automated either fully or with some involvement with a, with, a, with a decision maker. So I think that's how I see those two, those blending. So we have just over five minutes left in this, in this podcast and i don't want to open up a total can of worms but you touch on a couple of things intelligent enterprise maybe i'll ask this question about artificial intelligence and the role that you see might be coming up but i also want to talk about before i get too deep on there you probably have a i could go on i we could probably have a easily a few hour show here with all the questions that just came up in my head as you were speaking. And I know you probably have some topics already lined up, which is great. <laughs> so everyone in the audience could expect there's going to be some great stuff we're going to be covering here with a number of different experts. But in this short period of time that we have, so do you see, or what's your just opinion on intelligent enterprise intelligence or intelligent enterprise and artificial intelligence here in this very near future? 
Yeah, that's a big question, David. I'm not sure I have enough time to, to express my views. I just I'll give I you think, 30 seconds. Oh <laughs> I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be huge. I, I think a lot of companies are they're still just struggling to get the basics. Yeah. That's a good point. And they're in they have different levels of sophistication. So yeah, most of the most of the companies that I deal with are really just trying to still just get some visibility of what's happening. Yeah, it's and to, and and just to become basically data driven, meaning before they, if they can, if they need to make a decision whether to do A or B, to try to do some research and quantify their decision a little bit. And when you talk to someone about what would you like to be able to do some machine learning or uh, start explaining some potential use cases for how you can support that a little bit better, it's a, hard, a little bit hard to grasp. So I think. The uptake of just bringing in that level of technology into, into an organization, it takes a lot of time to understand what the potentials are. But if, as long as you continue to bring forward other examples where other companies have done it, you've done it, then they start to warm up to it. So I just think some companies are quite advanced and they are, they have an organ, they have a young organization that's open to new things. And so certain, in certain respects, a company's culture and their willingness to try new things and their ability to spend money to do the research to do it, will find that they, they can adopt it a little bit faster than some of companies that have been running SAP for a long time and really are, have razor thin margins, but don't have the, they really don't have the appetite to try to find out something. So it just varies on who you're talking to. Barry, I really appreciate you taking some time out to going, running through your background. I'm really looking forward into sure, some of the future topics we're going to be covering. Are there any, is there anything else that you would want our audience to know before I, we're going to run short, but I just want oh. to make sure I didn't cut you off on anything. Did I miss something? Despite, instead of the fact that I like to play golf? Yeah. <laughs> so do you like to play golf? Yeah, of course. Of course. Who doesn't? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. No. Was there anything that? Oh, I, I can't think of. No. I may have I can't missed. Think of anything. I thought you did a great job. I really appreciate. It. I wanted to give a shout out to Caitlin, who's running the back end of all this and keeping us on track. But yeah, I actually. So one of the things I hope we can get into. I know some of the fear that I hear from clients is, will artificial intelligence, or could it be in position to take over my day job? And it's funny. I think it, there is some concern, but I also, I have an opinion after reading a book that I've been reading regarding artificial intelligence. And I think it's still got a long ways to go before it completely can replace us as humans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got an opinion about that. I, it's really just another different technology that people can use to make things a little bit more efficient, particularly with repetitive tasks. If you're doing something, you're doing the same thing over and over again, you can use artificial intelligence to help with that. So in, in many respects, there's a parallel that can be drawn with analytics and things like that, where you use it as a tool to help speed along how fast someone can make uh, a decision, right? You're really yep. making the whole organization more efficient in actually making decisions. So in a way, you could think of artificial intelligence as another tool to help in the same goal, right? It's just doing An it accelerator. Right? Yeah, we'll, right. we're going to have to cover that one. This yeah. is going to be a big topic. Yeah. Again, thank you, Barry, so much for your time. And we will see you again on our next My pleasure, podcast. David. Looking forward right. to it.